Hi, I'm Rocco Stano on Kid Lit TV, and I'm happy to be here at the New York Public Library with Catherine Patterson and her son, David. Welcome, both of you. Thank you so much, Rocco. Thank you very much. We're here almost on the eve of the premiere of the film, The Great Gilly Hopkins. It opens October 7th in theaters around the country. I was a elementary, elementary librarian in Marlboro, New York, and I bought this book in 1978 from my school library. And now it's a film, so tell us a little bit about the film. Well, I, I could ask my son David, who is not only the uh, writer for the screenplay, but also one of the producers, uh, to tell you a little bit about the film, maybe. Yeah. And so, uh, David, uh, why three decades before it became a film? <laughs> Well, it's not because I'm lazy or tired and I misplace things. Um, I was not a writer for many, many years, and then uh, I became a playwright. I had many plays done here in New York, and then I started uh, adapting some of my own work. Uh, my first film went to Sundance in 2005, and I decided that if some, someone was going to be um, making my mother's work, there should be someone protecting my mother's work. So I thought, since it is family, we should keep it within the family. So I wrote and produced uh, the first film, Bridge to Terabithia, which came out in 2007. And this was the next one that I just thought could easily adapt. It's, um, it's a great character, the heroine. Um, it's, it's great, obviously, on the page, but it was also on the stage. It was at the New Victory Theater in New York as a musical that I wrote. And I thought she translates in basically any media. So we knew she would be a great heroine for film. She's sort of, for people not familiar with it, she's little orphan Annie, but instead of sugar and spice, she's kind of the Antichrist. <laughs> she's uh, just, just an angry little kid who uh, wants to make everyone else around her unhappy. She figures that's her power. Um, she, if she's not happy, no one else around her should be happy. And that's the plight of a lot of uh, foster and adopted children, that um, they don't feel that they're appreciated, right? It certainly is a star-studded cast, as they say in show business. And, and I think you'll get to see how these actors who either won an Academy Award or were nominated for Academy Award were willing to take the low wages that we could pay to make this movie. And they are just, I mean, you see Glenn Close and Octavia Spencer. In fact, I want everybody in America who is concerned about race, and we all should be, to see Octavia Spencer as the teacher in this film. She is absolutely magnificent. Octavia Spencer had read the book as a child. And so when her agent said, there's this movie, uh, Great Kelly Hopkins, she knew it automatically before even looking at the script. She goes, I read that book. And what's interesting is uh, Julia Stiles, who is also in the film, also read the book as a child, as did Billy Magnuson, uh, the, the male leadens, had read the book uh, at school as a child. And so that's a really neat connection there to have the actors knowing, re reading the book three decades earlier and now wanting to be participants in the film itself. When you wrote the book, you drew upon personal experience? I'm afraid so. It was um, many years ago, but my husband and I were asked to be temporary foster parents. It was going to be for two weeks. And I thought, two weeks? What's the big deal? And unfortunately, of course, it was much longer than two weeks before they were settled um, more permanently. But um, it wasn't just because the boys had problems. Um, I began to hear what I was saying inside my head. And I was saying things like, well, I can't deal with that. They're only going to be here two weeks. 
or thank heavens they're only going to be here a short time. And what I realized I was doing was treating two human beings as though they were disposable. And human beings are not disposable. As I have said often, that's why crimes are committed and wars are fought because somebody thinks somebody else is disposable. So um, I began to wonder what I would be like if the world thought I was disposable. And of course, that's the character of Gilly Hopkins. After the book was published, I realized there were two foster children and I might well have been William Ernest. Mm -hmm. Too frightened by the world to get out from behind maybe Trotter's bulk. Right. Now, uh, I'm assuming you've seen the film. Uh, nine times. <laughs> <laughs> In various early incarnations yes. and later incarnations. Uh, so uh, tell us about the, uh, the way the actors uh, uh, translate the film. These actors are absolutely phenomenal. I guess you know what the cast is like. Uh, we have Kathy Bates. We have Kathy Bates playing Mamie Trotter. Could I read you something? Sure. An, ex an exchange between me and Kathy Bates. Please do. Uh, I just love this. I wrote to her and I said, Dear Kathy, I just want to say to you what I say to everyone else these days. For 40 years, Mamie Trotter has been my favorite of all my book characters. But now when I picture her, I see her as Kathy Bates revealed her. Thank you more than I can say. Now she wrote to me, Dear Catherine, thank you for your kind words. It means a lot to me that you're happy with my interpretation of a truly heroic woman. Especially in these terrible times, it is important to realize that one right-minded, compassionate, and determined person can make a difference by shaping the destiny of a child. We need more examples of this love in our world. It's going to be in 15 cities around the country. What's it called, like digital release? Yes, it's what they call now is a multi-platform release. Uh, it's in the movie theaters, um, but also it's also a day and date release. So say you can't make it to the theater, you'll be able to order it on demand on your uh, television. It's a, it's a great way to really get it to as many people as possible as a multi-platform, yes, it'll be in movie theaters, but it'll also be available to close to 100 million people. A lot of parents who say, I can't drag the kids in to the theater tonight because it's going to cost me $60 with uh, candies and food. You know what? We'll do popcorn. We'll sit on the uh, living room couch and just enjoy a good movie. You have actually uh, been involved with a, a educator's guide. Yes. Um, um, a friend of mine wrote an educator's guide for a conference we went to, and it was so terrific. I said, please, please let Mary Bridget Barrett, who is the president of the National Children's Book and Literacy Alliance, do the educator's guide uh, for the movie. And so that's what happened. She's, she has been an educator herself, and she knows how to help teachers. And yeah, I'm, I haven't seen the film. I'm anxious to see it. I want you to see it. <laughs> and, and, and there's going to be a premiere in Vermont. I uh, guess uh, I'm on the Board of Trustees for the Vermont College of Fine Arts, and they said, we want to do a premiere in Vermont, and so next Friday night, we're going to do a premiere. It's going to be a benefit for kids who are transitioning from foster care into the big wide world that they are not prepared for because how many 18 year olds do you know who can 
walk out and find their own apartment and job the day they turn 18. Uh, so these kids need a lot of support. Well, uh, Catherine, so tribute that uh, after three decades, this book is still in many schools, uh, middle school curriculum as uh, a book that everyone reads. It's good to see you both. And But Catherine, this is like the second time in a week that I saw you. So it's, it's too much, too yeah. much. <laughs> yeah, but it's always too much. <laughs>